1: and welcome to Great Takes Less Filling by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go AU fur.
0: With me this week as always is U Street. Well this week it's Curtis U Street Dunlop Jr. But I am very happy for the Gophers to be 6-0. and I'm also very happy uh, to have that as my name pick of the week because it implies a impressive effort by our offensive line but a particularly impressive effort by someone who earlier this year I was not particularly high on.
1: Yeah, I. it's been interesting for me uh, just, to, I mean, obviously, this is a, a wonderful Sunday. I'm just going to monologue for a brief moment and go. Any Sunday when you can make Nebraska fans unhappy, and I say this with love to the Nebraska fans in my life because they're the, you know, rational ones. Uh, but the irrational ones, anytime you can make them unhappy, losing to quote just Minnesota is uh, a happy Sunday indeed. Uh, but back to your point, I think one of the things that's made it harder for. Nebraska fans uh, to accept what happened yesterday is that they just keep looking at the non-conference part of the schedule and assuming that the understandably not impressive, like I wouldn't expect anyone to look at the non-conference schedule performances from Minnesota and be impressed, uh, but not understanding that that doesn't have to actually define the talent level or ability or execution level of a team. And what's been nice as a Gophers fan is to actually see that talent level that we knew was higher than the performance, and the execution uh, by that talent improve, uh, as noted and exemplified by Curtis Dunlap Jr.
0: Yeah, to be fair, though, to us, it's not clear to me why a team that is not as good as Fresno State would be looking at our non-conference and be like, oh, we got a chance. (laughs) I I am looking forward to the fact that actually given the
1: way the Minnesota schedule shapes up, you can probably legitimately say that about basically the bulk
0: of our schedule. I think that is true until uh, the ninth game we play because Rutgers absolutely not as good (laughs) as Fresno State. And Maryland, well, I suppose that like weird version of Maryland that is talented is better than Fresno State. But the majority of the time, Maryland is definitely not. The other thing that I thought watching the game, and I thought the offensive line a uh, great improvement, the entire offensive line, Danielle Falalele was out this week, so there was a shift. John Michael Schmitz came and played center, did so quite well, was very impressed by him. I think that next year he is absolutely your starting center, I believe, with the graduation of Connor Olsen, or and the movement along the line as well as Sam Schluter. Sam Schluter played very well. At left tackle, the Gophers also did a lot of nice things with their primary tight end blockers, Jake Paulson, most notably to uh, do some stuff to protect the side of their line to open huge amount of holes. The that is very impressive and has been very nice. The other thing from an offensive line perspective that's been really impressive is how much better they have improved on their communication. Nebraska definitely tried to stunt the line. They definitely tried to do a lot of the things that worked in non-conference, and it very much did not work against Minnesota. Minnesota had a ton of success, particularly on wide zone and outside zone. Some of the other thing that's helpful for that is it turns out when your three running backs that you get to use in a game all are 1,000-yard rushers, And all healthy. And all healthy. They're pretty good. And it also does turn out that, you know, Rodney Smith can do a lot to help you, even if your offensive line does not play as well as it should.
1: Did you realize, I didn't realize this until Mo was quoted saying it, that this was the first game that Mo, Shannon, and Rodney had all played together?
0: Yes, I did, but only because Mo was a freshman last year and Shannon Brooks did not have a working ACL.
1: Yeah, like I I guess I knew it, but I just never really had spent any time thinking about it. And to realize that was like, oh my god, if they all stay healthy, that's just absurd the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, the thing that I thought, particularly if you look at the, the wide and outside zone, which the Gophers... I don't recall them putting it in place in the non-conference, but they definitely put it in place against Illinois and then followed up by putting it in place in Nebraska. And that has worked incredibly well. Part of the reason why it seems to have worked incredibly well is that the vision from Rodney Smith especially is excellent. And so much of outside zone just depends on your running back finding the correct hole, putting his foot in the ground, and taking off vertically. Rodney Smith does that so well. Shannon Brooks is a north-south runner, Ibrahim is a north-south runner so they both can do that as well and they're both more power backs but having the opportunity now to have your clear number one which Rodney Smith is Rodney Smith is clearly the number one running back on that team be able to kind of do everything and then to change of pace with two power backs one of whom is still pretty quick and the other Mo in particular is really hard to take down he's got a great low center of gravity, runs incredibly hard, definitely takes contact and continues to fight through contact. That's a really strong running game. Oh, by the way, weather excluded, assuming the running game is working, at some point you'll have to bring an extra safety in the box. And at that point, oh, hey, there are at least two NFL prospects chilling at the wide receiver position and depending on how many wide receivers they put on the field two others who are quite good as a college wide receiver that is a very good offense that's the offense that we were talking about at the beginning of the year that works really well and it's the reason why i believe kirk scirocca was being fetted to get jobs elsewhere which we were not totally sure about in the non-conference either
1: yeah i <laughs> i can remember having moments where i'm like would it have been better if he'd gone to West Virginia? Because right now I'm pretty frustrated. Which is also why we're fans, um, for what it's worth. This is why we're fans who write on a blog, because we have thoughts like that.
0: Um, I agree. I think that it's clear that lots of Lots of the team has, has grown. Chiracca's right earlier in the season, and Fleck made a similar point, that they're not doing anything new. They're just not executing it particularly well. Brian Callahan deserves a lot of credit from a coaching perspective. And of course, the offensive line deserves a lot of credit for the extensive amount of work they've done in the past couple of weeks following the non-conference to be much better. But Shiraga also is correct in that, hey, you can call up the best scheme in the world and if they don't execute it. It doesn't matter. A case in point to this, was Tanner Morgan, who – and I will give Tanner Morgan actually quite a bit of slack because based on our man on the ground, Gopher Guy 5 it was uh, – I believe the appropriate technical term is shit crap outside from a weather perspective. <laughs> With really hard winds, and so it was hard to put balls in places, and Tanner Morgan does not have such a ridiculously strong arm that he can fight through that, which, again, given that Tanner Morgan throws a football better than I will ever throw a football, is not a knock on Tanner Morgan, it's just a sort of explanation of him as a quarterback he had a wide open Jake Paulson who he probably should have led him a little bit more but still gave him quite a good pass and Paulson just dropped it but otherwise he would have walked into the end zone and Morgan overthrew probably wind assisted overthrew Rashad Bateman on another play when Bateman was wide open would have walked into the end zone so that's two touchdowns that would have come from the air as well. And that is not a play call. The play call was perfect both times. That was an execution. In one case, it was an execution mostly from the tight end, and the other was an execution from the quarterback. Same thing was true, I think, in the non-conference especially, that the line was just not blocking their base blocking very well, was not picking up and handling stunts very well. When they are able to do that and let their running backs get into the second level and only have to make one guy miss, be it a linebacker or be it the safety crashing down, it turns out you're pretty good at running the football. Wisconsin has more or less proved that that is the way that Jonathan Taylor gets into a Heisman campaign. You have a really good offensive line that is able to block in such a way that their really good running back only has to make one guy miss. And it turns out that if you have a really good running back, like Minnesota does in Rodney Smith, Shannon Brooks, and Mo Ibrahim, making one guy miss is a pretty easy thing for them to do.
1: Or in the case of Shannon Brooks, you just run over him and the two other guys who come after.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That works too.
1: I, I love healthy Shannon Brooks so much. Oh, just truck people. It's it's so much fun. All right, so I, at this point, it's kind of hard not to dream a little bit. I, I think what was nice about last night was, um, and I, I do not, uh, I'm going to clarify ahead of time because with Minnesota media, it's Im- important to recognize that sometimes this is done on purpose to set up a uh, same old Gophers column. I don't think Chip Scoggins was doing this, but Chip wrote, a, I think, a completely accurate column on, God, was it Thursday or Friday? I don't remember which, but that was essentially like, this is the game that Minnesota needs to win. This is the time that you just don't even make a question out of, can this be the same old Minnesota team? You just go out and you take the opportunity that's given to you. And to their credit, they did that. They didn't fiddle around. They didn't let Nebraska back in the game. They went out, kicked their butt and just walked away with it. Given that, and given the lack of strength, we'll say, in the remaining two games before the Penn State game, like, it's kind of hard not to start dreaming a little bit, even as a a, a snake-bitten Minnesota fan. With the improvement in execution, do you think this is something where we can legitimately look at the rest of the season and go, they can beat every team on on the remainder of their schedule? Like, I... I'm not saying that Minnesota goes undefeated. I'm more saying like, is this a is this a situation where the execution has improved enough for you, where despite the the strength that we've seemingly seen out of the defenses of Penn State, Iowa, Northwestern, uh, and Wisconsin, that Minnesota's offense is capable of getting a capable of withstanding a challenge of, a, of an actually good defense.
0: It's a good question. I will say that it's important for them just to beat Rutgers this week and then Maryland the week after. That's all I really care about. Assuming they get to 8-0, I actually think from an execution standpoint, it's not just the offense, it's the defensive side of the ball. The defense has consistently had a problem in missing tackles, and that has not bit them as much as it probably should have. It definitely will against better offenses. So that's the first one. Nebraska's only big plays of the game last uh, last night had a lot to do with defensive breakdown. So their very long pass that they got early on was a miscommunication between the safeties and the linebackers in zone coverage. They missed some other tackles that would set up touchdowns. It helped that Nebraska was playing its backup quarterback. It definitely helped that Wondell Robinson went down. We hope that Wondell Robinson makes a speedy recovery. He's a really good player. He's really fun to watch. Same is true, incidentally, for Adrian Martinez. I don't think that either of those players being on the field last night would have greatly changed the outcome because I don't think either one of those players played defense for Nebraska. (laughs) <laughs> that said, the the thing that I would be most concerned about, and this implies this upcoming week against Rutgers, is the offense has to continue to improve from an execution standpoint. That doesn't change, but if we assume that they're making some kind of growth the thing that will separate a fun season from a really fun season as far as minnesota is concerned is when the defense plays an offense that is quite good can the defense rise to that occasion i think they have the talent to do so it will be up to whether or not we see execution if over the next two weeks we start seeing a major cleanup in getting home to the quarterback on blitzes, tackling players, not allowing the sort of basic miscommunications that seems to occasionally played the defense, not having the mind-numbingly silly two-minute defense breakdowns, which seems to occur sort of once a game. If that's true, then yeah, I think this team can absolutely play with everyone. I think this team can play with anyone on their schedule right now. Whether or not I think they will be able to beat everyone on their schedule right now depends on what I just said.
1: I think that seems abundantly fair and to be clear like there's a revenge tour for a reason maryland still you know has has had some pretty strong success uh, against minnesota the last couple years they still need to get through maryland in two weeks um and frankly they need to not embarrass themselves against Rutgers because it's just like they can play with everybody on their schedule as bad as Rutgers is i mean we almost lost to georgia southern who does not appear to be all that great and That means that we are capable of losing to any team on our schedule, improvements aside. So, yeah, I still like the, you know, go out, get a win, and then talk. But getting over Nebraska for me was the mental moment when I started to at least entertain a special season in my head as opposed to, I don't know, you know, really daydreaming. You know, actually see some reality to it, even though there's a long way to go.
0: I Look, this program's been bad for a very long time. It's been bad for longer than I've been alive, almost times two. That's a really extensive period of futility that's been broken by a very small number of things. The Govers have not started 7-0 and since Murray Warmath won a national championship. They have not been 8-0 and since Bernie Bierman won his last national championship. In 1941, if they make it through the next two weeks and become 8-0, that will be something that this program has not done since 1941. If they were to beat Penn State the week after, uh, partially because of the number of games they played, of course, that has never happened. Wait, really? Like, Mm
1: -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think back, like,
0: the Gophers no. have never been 9-0 and oh, because when the last time they went 8-0 and oh, and the time before that, they did not play that many games. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, they, they were in, like, the early, early 1900s, but that doesn't count for a variety of reasons. In terms of, like, when football was actually slightly reasonable, they rarely played. They've never been... Uh, in, since football's mattered, they have never been 10-0. So
1: they've never been 9-0, 10-0 in a year where they didn't play a high school team? Yes. that's. I think that's the important historical qualifier is there was still a time in the early world of college football when you'd, you'd play high schoolers occasionally, and that would have been one of those years. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, now I just feel... All giddy. I was already all giddy, now I'm even more giddy. There's possibilities for super excitement on the horizon. Um, but let's get back to the present and not get too far ahead of ourselves. From this game, uh, you've already obviously mentioned uh, Curtis Dunlap Jr. Do you want to select, if since you've chosen to put him on your, your special name uh, tier, do you have another neck of the week you'd like to select?
0: Yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, Kamal Martin had another fantastic game. He's fast emerged, I think... To the player that we were hoping he could be since he emerged on campus. I've been excited to watch his growth this season. I hope that continues because if it does continue, he certainly has the potential to sniff an NFL roster in a drafted capacity. In the same way that Devondre Campbell eventually kind of came on in his senior year, eventually got drafted by Atlanta. Martin is a really talented player, I think will do quite well. So he would be my explicit Necton of the week. My other Necton of the week would be, uh, once again, the flag that remains in the referee's pocket every time Carter or Carter Coughlin gets held trying to sack a quarterback. Because that particular flag is doing so much work every week to stay in the pocket. And I just really impressed by its continued effort, uh,
1: I'll go Rodney Smith. Super obvious choice, but um, I mean, when you have the guy who le- who is your workhorse back for the week in a week where running is what won you the game, um, uh, you, I got I got to throw that out there. I could go all offensive line or anything like that, but I you know me I like to pick a, a skill position guy more often than not. So, Rodney Smith, it is. Um, Fun fact:
0: I, Mo had three times the touchdowns yeah, that Rodney did.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah. Looking back, like that was one of those stats that, like, even though again it's something you know happened, like you look at it and you go, "That just feels." Did I read that right? Did that actually happen? And then you think through it and you're like, "Yep, that actually happened." So there you go, <laughs> Mo Ibrahim vulturing Rodney's touchdowns. Uh, not that I'm sure any of them mind. So. I don't know, things you're looking forward to coming into uh, Rutger week?
0: Well, once again, I am looking forward to the occasional Rutgers fan threatening to turn our advertising off because we say bad things about Rutgers, which will be a story that I have said before and will definitely tell again because it remains hilarious that there was an <laughs> actual fan of a team that thought that they could turn the advertising off on a blog that we don't control the advertising for. Amazing on many levels. So that's one. I'm always excited to to deal with those particular interesting folk from New Jersey. In addition to that, I think that this week is actually, to me, for the rest of the season, the kind of game that you would expect Minnesota to come out and stomp an opponent from the get-go. Rutgers is a team that is reeling... I mean, it's never not been reeling, but in particular over the last few weeks has been reeling more than usual. I suppose in the same way, you know those, like, ducks that spin in the wind?
1: Yeah, 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 with uh,
0: the wings that are, like, wheels, yeah. Yeah, so, like, if you set one of those up in a sort of gale-force wind tunnel, it's always spinning, but if you turn the wind tunnel up to the max... That's kind of how I think about Rutgers this season. They're always reeling, but now, like, reeling even more than they're usually. That is the kind of team that if you are a good team, you absolutely stomp and your second stringers are playing the entire fourth quarter. That is what I am hoping to see in the upcoming week.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I think that's one of the—it's not a— it means nothing in terms of a guarantee of being able to beat a better team, but if you want to look at your season and feel confident going in against better teams later in the year, this is the point where you've proven you have the ability to step on a lower opponent. You've proven that you have cleaned up or have the ability to have cleaned up the things that plagued you early. And if you want to feel that you're most confident, you have to take a team like Rutgers and just run away from them and then put in put in the second string. i
0: I want to know who Minnesota's second-string quarterback is. That is what I'm hoping to find out (laughs) after this week. And I'm to be very, very clear about that. I'm hoping to find it out because Tanner Morgan is happily resting, completely injury-free on the sidelines because Minnesota is beating Rutgers so badly. Cosign. And on that note... Uh, Get ready,
1: of course, we'll have another SkyU podcast for you this week, Uh, but before we get there, go Gophers, SkyU Ma, row the boat. Go Gophers, row the boat.